So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Hey, two lawyers, uh, New Jersey, talking about mindset, Dave. a little crazy, but that's what we do. Yeah, not only do we do that, but we have a third lawyer on the oh, show no. today. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Yes. Everybody buckle up. Buckle up. Three <laughs> lawyers, but an awesome guest. Yeah, and we're going to stay on mindset with Renee Bauer. She's an attorney, international speaker, accomplished entrepreneur, and personal hype squad for countless women. I love that, Renee. As the founder of She Who Wins, a business directed to helping women crush and live a bold and daring life, she hosts live events, masterminds, and a weekly podcast. I love the book too. The book is called She Who Wins. That's Renee's book. And she's an attorney. She's got this law practice, happily even after family law. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's saying a lot. Right? <laughs> so it's such a pleasure to have you because like-minded attorneys here on the show talking about mindset, but also too, we work very closely with family law attorneys in our criminal defense firm. Uh, we help them out when there's domestic violence so we could appreciate uh, the type of law that you handle and are really, really happy to have you on with that entrepreneurial mindset. So, Renee, welcome and thank you for coming on Nothing But The Truth. Thank you for having me. Three lawyers all together, it's, it's a party. So, yeah. you know, I actually started my practice with criminal law, too. So I, I dabbled with that for a while. And I thought that the family lawyers, the family clients were like the hardest clients ever. Like I felt, always felt like my criminal clients were like the ones who they they appreciated you. So it was when I went into the family space, it was just like another whole world in, in terms of like client hand management. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up, Renee. Uh, it wasn't thinking about going in this direction, but uh, Dave and myself work very closely with the family law section. We go to their bar events and I don't mean at the bar. Well, we're at the bar. At the but bar, at their at bar, the bar functions events. and their events. Um, and we're one of the only criminal defense attorneys that do that. And that's because when we were former prosecutors, Dave and myself were talking when we left the prosecutor's office at how many cases we had emanated out of a family law context. Everything from murder, literally murder, you know, down to uh, the petty offenses, the things that happen when love goes awry. Mm. So, you know, we, we went in that space, but we definitely noted that what you guys have to deal with in the family law space with your clients, you are so right. The criminal law clients are usually broken. They're afraid. They appreciate you. And you're also dealing with an adversary who's paid by the state, the prosecutors. There's a lot of also tension amongst the family lawyer lawyers. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that because I think it's a very, I just last, I'll give you my, my, uh, anecdotal example I always give about what, why I don't practice family law. We do domestic violence, but not family law. I would rather represent a guy who ran 12 nuns over on the sidewalk on purpose than handle one matrimonial case because of all the emotion that's involved in it. Does that make sense to you? I mean, and it makes absolute sense, which is why, why I love your podcast about mindset. 
Because for these clients, once they realize that it actually has nothing to do with how much money they're getting, or it actually has nothing to do with whether they're getting that Christmas Eve or, or what that parenting schedule looks like, it's all mindset and it's all perspective. And so the opportunity in this area of law is if I can get to somebody before they go down that path, before they go down that, like, I want to just have my day in court. I want, I want my spouse to pay and help them to realize that the opportunity on the other side of that is it has nothing to do with actually what's in their divorce contract, then we move quicker, we move faster, they're happier at the end. So I look at family law as everything to do about mindset shifting. And like, that's where the work starts. Before we look at financials, before we talk about whether you're keeping the house or not, like, let's do a check in and see what's going on inside of you and how you're dealing with that emotions, because you're 100% right. That's half the battle. Yeah, I, I think that that is so perceptive. It's like what we do as well, uh, but not to the level that you have to, is is trying to put them in the right mindset, the client to calm them down, to get the fears away, to focus in on the issue and to let them know that at the end of the day, you're going to go through a very traumatic experience. But we give them a lot of materials to read and books to read to say, you've got two directions ultimately. Whatever's going to happen with the case is going to happen. Now, we're really good at handling those cases, so rely on us. But in the end, you're either going to let this eat you up and you're going to become a victim, or you're going to use this horrible, bad experience to become a victor. You get to make the decision as to how you're going to dialogue about that, because I'm sure you've seen what we see. Some people, in, not enjoy, but some people do not have the skill set or... Uh, mindset or whatever you want to call it to look at a positive in any negative situation and and in the legal context uh, as I'm sure you can imagine in your clients right they go down a really bad path sometimes because of that yeah and sometimes it's they're just afraid and you know you do have the clients who will never no matter how much you work with them they're never going to see the bright side of it they're always going to feel scorned they're always going to think that their spouse is out to get them or their lawyer didn't do a good enough job like we can't do any with anything with that and those are the people who are going to go back to court over and over and over again over the years and they're never going to be satisfied because they're so busy looking around and pointing their finger at everyone else but the people who can take a moment and say okay I'm afraid. So my reaction is coming out of fear and I'm, I don't feel confident about how to deal with money because I've never had to do that before. Like you can work with that. One of my favorite client stories ever is a woman who was, she would have stayed in her marriage forever. It was not a happy marriage, but it was comfortable. And until the very end, when she signed, had her husband said, you know what, I don't want to do this. She would have been like, okay, fine. We're going to stay married. But it was about a year after her divorce. She reached out to me to say, I have never been happier. And I didn't even realize how unhappy I was until I was on the other side of that. And that was that success story. And she got really comfortable with paying her own bills. She got a job that was able to be like her own money. And she started to thrive in that. But, you know, she had a perspective shift halfway through her divorce where she realized, okay, I need to solve my own problems. I need to figure this out. And I can't rely on everyone else around me to do it. And, and that's the difference between someone who thrives, someone who survives and someone who just, you know, on the other side of it, they're, they're just so angry that they never really come outside of that divorce. And it defines them for the rest of their life. Yeah, I love I love that story of thriving in that situation. Um, what what I see personally is the biggest challenges when it comes to dissolution of a marriage is when there's children involved. 
Because it's not just the end of a marriage and going your separate ways and living your own life. There's still contact that each spouse has to have with each other because of the kid. And it all should be there for the the good of the child and, and fostering a great relationship. So with your experience, I mean, how about that particular situation? And what what are the best things that you see for success in a situation where there's a dissolution of a marriage and they have to continue to co-parent? I mean, that, that's hard, right? And you broke your marriage broke up because the the communication wasn't there. There was a disconnection. So now to have to then co-parent with someone where things weren't working is challenging. And, you know, I'm twice divorced. I co-parent with my first uh, ex-husband. We have a son who's 17 now. And the energy that goes into having the disagreements or keeping like the the conflict is so much more than trying to resolve everything and just being like, listen, let's just, let's figure out where we can meet in the middle and how we can move forward and how we can focus on our child. And people get so hung up on, you know, that, that the divorce is going to ruin their kids and it's not, it's the conflict. And I always remind them it's, you know, your, your child can be fine. They can be well adjusted, but we have to figure out how to deal with the conflict because that's the thing that causes all of the problems. And when the kids grow up and they have, you know, their own issues that they're going to therapy over because they've constantly been around that with the parents and it's remove the emotion from it and keep things businesslike and keep it on point and don't bring up old feelings about, you know, what the other person did to you in the marriage and it's keep it child focused. You have to, and we've, we've heard this phrase over and over again, you have to love your child more than you hate your ex and people need to live that. Yeah, I mean, what's even worse is there are cases, you know, we know this because the family law attorneys a lot of times will refer the domestic violence cases to us because we're experts in the courtroom and trying cases. Um, And so we kind of have a bird's eye view of what's happening actually in the matrimonial context. Talk to us about those cases where there are some that actually use the kids as a cudgel that they, they don't, they, they thrive on the antipathy. You may have one party that wants to just move on and another one that uses the kids not to move on. I mean, what do you do in those circumstances? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's tough. And whenever someone tries to use the child as a strategy, um, it always backfires. And, you know, I always say to clients, just continue to do the right thing, do the right thing, continue showing up, continue to uh, text as if it's in front of the judge and continue to be the responsible and the appropriate parent, no matter how hard it is, even when you want to really blast your spouse, because at some point that will may, it could all end up in a courtroom. And if the court looks at that, they're going to look and say, okay, which parent is going to be the better decision maker? And I've seen it happen where they, they'll, they'll assign a majority of the custody to the parent who may not necessarily have always been the primary parent during the marriage. It wasn't the parent doing all of the things, but they're the parent who's most level-headed. And because there's so much emotion from that other parent that they'll adjust uh, adjust custody accordingly. So it's like every time, every decision you make, every text you send, every Facebook post, just think about, will a judge see this and how will it make me look if they do? 
Well, yeah, it's, that's, you know, that's advice that I think everyone could take. Yeah. I mean, when when we're in conflict, uh, we're in this technology where we have text messages and direct messages and DMs and things like that. And I think that's that should be the golden rule out there for everybody. People get emotional. They take to the text messages and it's all viewable, readable, and it doesn't take either a marriage or children or going through a divorce to follow that advice. Renee. Yeah, I had a client lose custody because of text messages, went into court, was the, the, the perfect witness, right? Everything about him looked perfect until the text came out that he never shared with me. And that was it. Like that was the nail in the coffin. And the judge looked at that and determined that's what's really happening. Mm. You know, that's what someone can put on a suit and say the right thing. But this is what's happening when no one's looking. Mm, and yeah. that means so much more than what what that person actually says after they've been prepped and they're dressed nice. And, you know, they're, they're they have their talking points. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, listen, we're going to take a break real quick at WMTR radios about the truth. This went fast, Dave. So uh, we're going to be back on the other end. Please stay with us. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. Welcome back to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth. Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno, Renee Bauer, famous attorney, awesome mindset person. So, Renee, uh, let me ask you, we talked on the other uh, before about your clients Another thing that I've noticed, and I can tell you from all trial or litigators, there's a lot of emotion that I don't think people get. I don't think they realize how hard and how dedicated, um, whether I was a prosecutor or now as a defense lawyer, when you're trying cases, you're barely sleeping, you're not eating right, you're studying, you're dreaming about the case when you do sleep. Um, the good lawyers really, really do care. Uh, and it's, un- you know, it's funny, so, so many people have a negative opinion about attorneys, yet when asked, how do you feel about your attorney? There's an overwhelming, like 90 plus percent that say, oh, well, my attorney's different. Um, they, but it's an adversarial system a lot of times. So of course the other side's never going to like the lawyers, the lawyering side. But when we do go to those family law retreats and, and hang out with our family law attorneys, um, the lawyering can be very brutal. And a lot of times they, I hear them say, you can take on the personality of your client if you're not careful. Talk to us a little bit about how that, uh, about lawyers that are in your space, I'd imagine there's a lot of um, mental health issues and a lot of addiction issues, more so than any, uh, many other sections of the bar. I, you know, what's interesting is what you just said about lawyers taking on, it's like the lawyers who their client, no matter what, is right. You know, it's like that they take on that role. And I think those ro- lawyers are the most dangerous lawyers, because they will push cases to the to trial, they will waste thousands and thousands of their clients dollars because they're just fighting to be right rather than having real and reasonable conversations. And to your question, I think that's the difference between, you know, the lawyers who are balanced, the lawyers who are able to do this job and go to bed at night and feel good about what they do um, are the ones who are able to have those clients, those conversations with their clients and say, okay, I know this might not be ideal, but like, let's talk about your role in all of this. Like, let's talk about the role in the breakdown of the marriage. 
you know, and like have those more holistic conversations um, rather than just dig in and be like, my client wants this and therefore I won't stop fighting until they get this. Um, so you absolutely have. And I think you see that a lot with family lawyers, like they're just going to fight, fight to the to the end just to get that one what they call a win. But really, at the end of the day, the only one who wins are the lawyers, right? Because mm. they've just drained their bank accounts and retirement accounts. So I think that there is a lot of um, I think that there's a lot of anger in the courtroom, uh, the court hallways with family lawyers. I think you have lawyers um, not all of them. I think you, you've seen, you know, everyone has those that the, those handful of lawyers that you don't want to take the case because it's, you know, you know how brutal that they are. And I feel like that is the all I mean, I've practiced in other areas. And I feel really do feel like family law has like that such a black and white, like the lawyers who are just known to like fight and they're ruthless and they waste people's money and they actually cause more disruption in families and the ones who are really trying to do good work and really helping the family holistically and having those con and are able to have those conversations um, with the other lawyers too. So um, yeah, mental health, I think that our legal profession overall has you know, there's a high rate of substance abuse and, and, you know, a lot of states have programs to help lawyers deal with that. It's a hard profession. We work hard and we do, we give a lot to our clients and we don't, you know, I used to take it to bed with me. Like I would lose sleep over outcomes and trials mm -hmm. and how clients were feeling. You know, Dave, I, I, I said, uh, you know, when I was prosecutor, and I think you want to get into the Renee space right now, that if you look beyond just the nuts and bolts of a case, you know, we're on the front row of human nature. We're on the front row. Sure. We, when, when there's a litigation in family or there's a litigation in criminal, uh, like when we were prosecutors, you're crawling through the life, like say in a murder case, their computers, their phones, their thoughts. So you, there's a lot of texture there that you could really gain personal insights about life itself, Dave. And, and I, Renee, I think uh, that's probably what got you into the space of the mindset piece and your writings and things of that nature. So Dave, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. How about the book? I mean, congratulations. The book has been published and it was released on September 5th and it's available everywhere books are found, including Amazon, She Who Wins. And Renee took that experience that we're talking about here with the client relations and building a law firm, a successful law firm, and talking about I guess your story, right? Renee, you get a little personal in here. I, I with, do. Yeah, you do <laughs> with your own lessons learned and also really uh, a great book for, for women who are struggling in relationships or maybe dissolving their relationships and, and going through some things. Who better uh, to teach them the way than someone that went through it herself? So first of all, Renee, congratulations on the book. Excellent. Thank you. With, yeah. So tell me what, why? I mean, you're, you got the law firm, you built it up. And then why did you enter into the space of authorship to start? Yeah. I've been a writer before I am anything else. Before I decided to go to law school, like I've always been putting words on paper and I knew that I had a book in me. Um, but I got the agent, which was like, I wanted to do this. I wanted a traditional book deal. And we started to pitch a divorce book because that made sense. Right. And I went back to my agent. I'm like, that's not the book that I want to write. I'm like, the book I want to write actually is before that woman walks into the divorce office. 
I want to write the book about what's happening in women's lives, about not being able to have uh, conversations that are uncomfortable, not being able to own their worthiness, not being able to take risks on starting businesses, like all the things that were coming up that I saw in my clients. I'm like, that's where I want. So I need to rewind the time, not talk about divorce, but let's talk about, you know, something that I think so many women go through. And the only way I could do it because I am a storyteller was through stories. And I threw myself on the line. I'm like, I'm going to use myself. Listen, I'm twice divorced. I have shame around that. I used to anyway. I'm like, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about being an entrepreneur. I'm going to talk about when my business was failing. I'm going to talk about the rejections that I got from publishers. Like I'm going to put myself because within all of those stories, I was hoping that a reader could see themselves and they would have their own similar stories that maybe aren't exactly like mine but it was something that they understood because they're like oh i could feel those moments of shame Mm. i could feel what rejection felt like i could feel the fear and so that's that's what the book is all about renee just real quick um do you see given the title of your book a difference in the way men and women approach these issues I do because, you know, the book isn't anti-man. And, and I've had that conversation is like, oh, is it men bashing? No, it's absolutely not. It's taking the lens of similar issues that I think men experience too. I think men experience imposter syndrome. I think men experience blurred boundaries. I think men experience body image issues too. But the lens that I share it is just my lens. And it's my, obviously I'm a woman, so it's from that perspective. But the feedback I'm getting is that men are reading the book and they're they're it's using they're using it to have conversations with the women in their life to try to understand them but then also they're saying well i get that like you have a chapter here on like body image but i felt that too you know and i'm a guy so the topics i think just are human topics that anyone experiences but do do you feel uh from a litigation perspective that uh there is a different way to that men and women will view a situation and or the way you need to communicate with them? Um, so that's a tricky question because I think it depends. So like from a client perspective, it depends on who's sitting across from you, right? And you you re, you you assess and you size up and you realize that this person's going to come from a more emotional place. And I think men do too. Like, I think that I've had plenty of men who have been extremely emotional. And I've also had men who have been a little bit more like they want the numbers. They're going to keep it business-like. But I've seen women that way, too. Um, so it depends on, I, th- I really think it depends on the person. But overall, if we're going to, like, generalize, I think a lot of, like, the topics that I talk about are really come from, like, such an emotional place um, where men may be able to, like, put it in its box. They're, they're going to talk about money. Like, guys talk about money. The Women don't talk about with their girlfriends how much money they're making like their salaries and why aren't they you know they're embarrassed like they're told that you don't do that it's impolite to do that mm. and it's like you know it's it's just different conversations that women typically have than than men well wow, interesting how about your day-to-day personally i mean successful businesswoman you have a lot of things going on with the book and your firm and stages and masterminds what are what are some of the things that get you day, through the day that uh that maintain that positive mindset so i have gotten really good at saying no 
and just having that be a complete sentence because I I found that I was before saying yes to everything and trying to do too much and I ended up overwhelmed and I ended up feeling like I wasn't actually moving the needle on anything. So I got really good at, at looking at each week and being like, okay, what are the goals this week? What do I want to accomplish? And that changes, you know, from day to day and week to week and, and even season to season. So now I can look at something and be like, I know this is a no because this isn't where I want to put my time. And then making space for all of the things that absolutely fill me up, that move the needle in my business. And also for me, you know, it's so important for that self-care element, for that spiritual element and really making the time to do those things and, and decompress. And that's one, you know, as like a high achiever and entrepreneur, that's like the hardest one because it's like, okay, if we take those couple hours doing something, then it's, it's time away from something else is from building the business. But I also realized that it's that time that actually moves things forward because it's in those moments that I get the spark of new ideas and I get renewed energy. And now I'm like ready to go. That's uh, Brendan Burchard the other day was just talking about the, the enemy that once you've achieved the success and heights where you're at, I forget what he called it, like the monster or he, he, he gave some analogy is the ability to say no. Um, so you're, you're right on, on with that. Uh, well, listen, I, I, this really went very quick, Renee. Uh, we are really uh, honored that you would come here and speak with us. Uh, and we hope that you come back because I think there was a lot more we wanted to cover that we weren't going to, we didn't get the opportunity to. But um, in any event, you listen to WMTR Radio, something about the truth of Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Uh, Dave, talk to us about where they could find the show. Yeah, nothing but the truth podcast.com is the place where we drop the video or we're filming video today with Renee and, and also the podcast and all the podcast platforms. But you could find those videos at nothing but the truth podcast.com. And then, and just finally, Renee, appreciate you coming on. And I'm glad you didn't say no to us because uh, that no, could. That was, a, <laughs> that was a hell yes. So it was, it wasn't even a, a question. <laughs> uh, you, you outperformed. Absolutely. So uh, thank you so much for coming on and to all of our viewers and, and listeners that listen to this show. Thank you for your support. Yeah. And for the viewers out there, and Renee, we'll talk to you about this offline. Don't forget, we're going to be starting, uh, restarting our course, but now it's going to be virtual instead of in brick and mortar, where we used to have 12 participating college, our career in law program that we started from when I was the county prosecutor and we brought to our private practice, Renee, it's a, uh, a course to teach kids that are interested in careers in law. It's a six-week course. We have uh, many modules of meet the professionals. Maybe you'd be willing to come on. Talking about all the things you can do with that law degree. What does the life of a lawyer look like? I think you'd be perfect, actually, if you were ever interested in coming on and giving a, a, a module because your evidence, not only of what a day in the life of a lawyer is, but also all the things and opportunities you have to reach people like you did with your book. So uh, anybody that's listening or watching, you can go find that at I want to be a lawyer dot law absolutely right. welcome you're welcome renee we'll reach out to you uh certainly this is right up your wheelhouse too but thanks again for everyone listening and especially thanks to renee bauer congrats and good luck on that book thanks for having me this is great we're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... My Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and & Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.